quiz time. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you that you speak to us. We ask now that we would have hearts that are humble, uh, that recognize you as our Father, uh, and that are willing to be changed and shaped by your word this morning, this evening. Amen. Uh, well, my fiance Claire is a speech pathologist, and one of the things that she does in her job is help run social skills. There's a few of you that might be able to benefit from that. Um, some of the things that she does is, is kind of teaching people how to respond in different scenarios, uh, and what the right thing to do is in different scenarios. So for example, um, one, of the, one of these things is a communal expectation of appropriate clothing. So if you're down at the beach in swimmers, that's fine, that's a right thing to do. If you're walking through the Sanaev shopping village in swimmers, that is less fine, that is less appropriate, that's probably not the right thing to do. Uh, in some situations that we're in in our life and in our relationships with one another, in the, the people that God has placed around us, uh, the news of Jesus shows a whole bunch of different ways that can change and can grow the way we relate to one another. Uh, the good news of Jesus, that means that we can call God our Father, which we'll look at it from the Bible in a second, shapes the way that we relate to one another. So first of all, we're thinking about how distinct relationships, uh, that is the relationships we have with one another, are not judgmental. Uh, it's really important you've got your Bible open in front of you, especially because the screen's decided not to work. Uh, so we need to make sure that what we're reading and what I'm saying comes from what God says rather than just Josh. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 7 verse 1. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Or in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus says, don't judge, or you too will be judged. Now we need to work out what Jesus is saying. And so quickly before we do, let's work out what he's not saying. He's not saying that don't judge anyone ever. He's not saying that if you don't judge anyone, then no one or no God can judge you. And he's not saying, yes, judge everyone. All of that is perfect. No, Jesus is saying, don't judge be judgmental. Don't judge people or you will too be judged. It's so easy to judge people, but we need to keep reminding ourselves as God's people actually know. We don't know that person's situation. We don't know that person's story. We don't know what's going on in that person's life. And God's people are distinct in this world today because of the way that Jesus has taken our sin. Because of the way that Jesus has taken our sin. Have a read for me. This illustration Jesus uses in verses 3 to 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus is not saying that we are to be weirdly judgmental. He's not saying we should be like, oh, I have no sin. That person has much sin. I'm so much better than them. That's the whole opposite. Jesus is calling his people to not have some moral high ground, 
that they look down on everyone else. And we look down on people that are wrestling with a sin that maybe we don't wrestle with. Jesus recognizes that all people are struggling with their sin, that all people have that something in their heart that is choosing to live for themselves and not for God. This is all sin. And the reason that God's people shouldn't judge, the secret is found in one thing. The secret of why we shouldn't judge is found in one thing, and that is the cross of Jesus. The whopping great reason of the cross of Jesus. See, when Jesus died for your sin 2,000 years ago, he died for your sin. He died for my sin. And this is one of the most outrageous and unfair events in the entirety of human history. Jesus, who was literally perfect and has the right to judge everyone, Jesus died for your sin. The cross of Jesus is what makes you and I the same. It doesn't matter how much sin I perceive to have in myself or how much sin you think that you have, we are all people who needed Jesus to die for us. The sin in our hearts is offensive to God and you and I both need Jesus to die for us. You need Jesus to die for you. I need Jesus to die for you. Your brother or sister that you're tempted to judge and to look down on, they needed Jesus to die for them as well. Not one of us can say that we contributed to being saved. We can't be like, yeah, I was pretty good. That's why Jesus died for me. No, Jesus is calling his people not to be judgmental, not to look down on one another, but to recognize that sin is in all people and that we, through trusting in Jesus and through the power of the Spirit, are trying to be rid of it. I've got an image on the screen, well, I would have an image on the screen, of this image in, G in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3, of someone pointing at someone else with a giant plank in their eye going, ha ha, splinter, and it looked ridiculous because that's what it is. We're not here to judge others as God's people. God hasn't placed us in this room so we can look at the rest of St. Ives and go, you guys aren't at church. Wow, not good enough. No. We are here as God's people to love and to care one another, which we'll have a look at in a second. Now, this doesn't mean also that we don't care about the sin that is in other people. Uh, the leaders and your parents at church last week from the book of 2 Thessalonians were rebuked and honestly pretty roasted from Nigel as he spoke about how the gospel, how the news of Jesus and how good Jesus is and how bad sin is means that we will care about the sin that is in others. Nigel said this, he said, wholehearted disciples of Jesus care about the discipleship of others. Wholehearted disciples of Jesus care about the discipleship of others. We as God's people need to care what's going on in the lives of our brothers and our sisters. So don't be afraid to speak the good news of Jesus in a kind and a gentle and a humble way into the lives of one another. A distinct relationship with God will lead to us having distinct relationships with one another. A relationship that is based on the cross of Jesus will lead us to be generous and kind and forgiving to those around us. And these relationships are because of the one that we have with our mighty Father. Rach Irwin shared two weeks ago about the joy of her earthly father and the way that she was able to have a deep and intimate relationship with him and how much more God, her father, 
uh, is even better. How she can have a deep and intimate, a perfect relationship with him. And Jesus here in this passage helps us understand how good God is and how we can relate to him. Have a read from verse 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Do you notice that? Have a look at that passage again. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I spoke earlier about the cross of Jesus, where Jesus died for us. As part of Jesus dying for us, he gave us forgiveness. And part of this forgiveness means that we can be brought into the family. That we can call Jesus our brother and that we can call God our father. Because God has removed the sin from us. God looks at us and sees the perfection of Jesus. We are part of the family. God has given us his Holy Spirit as a seal so that we know we are part of the family. We have the God of the universe as our intimate father. All of humanity is touched by sin. Jesus doesn't shy away from that. He actually says that all people here are evil. But he says, even though evil people can do good, how much more will our good father give good things to us? How much more will our good father give good things to us? And this is why we're to pray to him. Have a look, verses 7 to 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. God our Father wants us. He wants us to ask Him for things. He wants us to seek Him. He wants us to keep knocking on His door. Do you have a deep question about life or the way the universe works or what will happen to you? Come to your Father who knows all and ask Him. Do you have something in your life that you are seeking or longing for? Turn to the God who provides for His people what they really need. Do you have a problem that doesn't seem to be solved by God, that He doesn't seem to be answering? Keep knocking. Persist in prayer. Be persistent in the way that we come to him. Because God, our Father, doesn't just want us to come and share our burdens and our worries. He wants that, but he wants so much more. He wants us. He wants us as his children. He's bought us as his children through the death of his son. So let us speak with him, our great and our mighty heavenly Father. And so... Because God is our Father, that will mean that we will love one another. God's people are called to love one another, which is something that is so simple, but so hard to do. This is what people throughout history have called the golden rule, to do to others what you'd like done to yourself. Now, this isn't not doing to others what you don't want done to yourself. It's not as simple as just not punching that person because you wouldn't like to be punched or not swearing at that person because you wouldn't like to be sworn at. It's actually going above and beyond to love everyone. Here we go. Uh, verse, I don't know what verse it is, but it's in the passage. Have a look. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. 
Do to others what you would have them do to you. Love people like you would like to be loved. Go above and beyond to love people like you would like to be loved. Jesus says the whole Old Testament, the whole law and the prophets were just a thousand years of writing and like a thousand pages of Bible all pointing towards the character of God and the call for his people to love one another. Love one another like you would like to be loved. If you were someone who has just walked into this community for the first time, I'm sure that you wouldn't be alone in thinking that you'd love someone to welcome you. So maybe as a community, we can be switched on and be proactive in loving people and welcoming them in, just like we would like to be welcomed. Senior high, maybe in your stress about your exams, you would love it if someone was maybe able to share some study notes with you. So maybe you could share your study notes with someone else. Go above and beyond to love those people that God has placed around you, even if it might mean a bit of sacrifice. The love that we have for others as God's distinct people isn't to be self-centered, but because God is our Father, it's to be other person-centered. Love others as much as you possibly can. Now, something that has struck me over the last little while, but I think particularly over the last few days, are some of the issues that have been raised on social media recently. I'm hoping that much of us have seen outcries and advocacy for people to speak up against those around them that are showing poor behavior. There's been much discussion about people calling others out for poor behavior, particularly when it comes to things like sexual harassment and consent and unsafe group behavior from mainly men and rape culture. Um, I think that there is much that we can learn about this and quite a few principles to apply from God's word to this. Firstly, I'd like to acknowledge the very real and the very acute hurt that so many of us in this room uh, must be experiencing. There is tremendous wrong that happens in this world. There is tremendous wrong that happens in this country and even in your own schools and in your own groups. I am so sorry that you have to endure things like this. There is so much wrong with our world, but our understanding of a faithful and a just God gives us hope because all wrongs will one day be righted and all perpetrators will one day be brought to justice. Christchurch St. Ives is a place where you ought to feel safe, secure, and valuable as we help you see the love that Jesus has for you. Secondly, we need to remember that sin is still around until Jesus returns. People in this world still have the audacity to live rejecting Jesus and to live selfishly, and this is where all of this hurt comes from. All people are broken and twisted and sinful. This is a people problem. This is a you and I problem. But we, as people who have trusted in Jesus, are headed to a place where there will be no more tears or crying or pain. Thirdly, as we've seen from the passage today, we are called to do to others what we would like done to us. This means to love others as much as we possibly can. As distinct people, as people who have a distinct relationship with our Father and distinct relationships with those around us, that means that we will speak up if we hear people making others uncomfortable. Jesus' people love one another. Jesus' people are here to help others be loved. 
Jesus' people ought not make sly comments degrading anyone, let alone women. Jesus' people ought to be caring for those who have been affected by this. Men, and that includes even year nine, we are growing up in an over-sexualized world where our dear sisters will all have experiences and stories of fear and unease in their life. We are to love them. And we are to be mindful of our own words and actions as we relate with those around us. We are all here called to stand up for justice, even when it might be a little uncomfortable. Because if it helps someone be loved, then that is worth it. That is a love that is not self-centered, but is other person-centered. Now, while there is much more to say on this topic, and I could do a whole talk or a whole senior high on this, I'll bring you one more principle in. That is that we as God's people, carrying God's message of Jesus, bring to this world hope and love, certainty and assurance. We bring hope and love and certainty and assurance into a dark and confusing world. For those in this room whose value seems to have been deteriorated just down to what you look like, which is completely wrong, God says in the Lord Jesus that you are valued, that you are loved, that you are beautiful, and you have immense value to the creator of the entire universe who sent his son to die for you and to call you his own. For those of us who have experienced deep hurt, we are headed to a place where we will be no, where we will where there will be no more suffering and no more hurt, only true and ultimate comfort when we get to know our God and be with him forever. And for those of us wrapped with guilt for how we've acted or maybe neglected to act in the past, there is complete forgiveness. And looking forward, we get to honor Jesus every day in the ways that we love him. And love others. So as we think about, is there a right way to act in certain situations around certain people? Yes. Yes, there is. Jesus shows us in Matthew 7 that because God is our Father, because we have a distinct relationship with Him, that we are to have distinct relationships with others. We are truly to relate to Him as our Father, and we are to go above and beyond in not being judgmental and loving others just like we'd like to be loved. So let us in His power go and do that. I'll pray. Our dear and our mighty Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for Your love for us. We thank You that uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sin to forgive us and to call us into Your family. We thank you that we can approach you, Lord of the universe, as our father, as our dad. Lord, please help us share our burdens and our worries and everything with you. And we ask, Lord, that we would be able to go on above, above and beyond in loving every person. That we would be loving all that we, all that we pass by with a other person-centered love. Help us... Uh, Stand up for what is right and stand up for what is loving, even if it might be costly, recognizing that you have done that for us in the Lord Jesus. We ask that you would help us do all these things for his glory and his name. Amen.